0: So I bought a headboard. Yeah, uh, for my bed. Um, you or, know, I, mean, I figured it's it's uh, time to stop looking like a college uh, frat kid. So
2: I'm, I'm glad that you bought it for the bed and not for like your oven.
0: Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, that'll be next on my list. My oven deserves a headboard. Yeah. You know, just so it looks nice. Um, yeah. And uh, for those of you watching, so we are live streaming, we're back uh, to live streaming on Twitch. We did not stream last week because Caleb was actually in uh, traveling ish. Uh, he was in he's in town. He's still technically in town. he's just doing this from his hotel. Yeah, uh, But we are live streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Michael And so if you are listening to this episode next Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern, we'll be back again streaming live on Twitch. Uh, so you can catch, uh, catch our episodes a week early. Um, you know, cool way to see us kind of dance around and wave our arms, uh, (laughs) while we talk about movies, which I assume we'll be doing a lot of for the movie we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Um, so, so I ordered this headboard, uh, for my, for my bed. I ordered it from Amazon, um, which is next door to my house. So it came a day later. Um, and, uh, literally I ordered it Saturday morning and it arrived, uh, Sunday, arrived today. Um so funny. so then the name of the of the style of headboard is called Jessica mm-hmm. i I don't know, man like I, I guess it's no different than like Ashley Furniture where they do that kind of weird naming where their nomenclature or whatever it is yeah. so so I ordered the headboard so I got the headboard delivered uh today and it was um uh I think FedEx that delivered it, and the person that delivered the the FedEx very beautiful, tall, like gorgeous woman is delivering this box. And I'm like, oh, hey. I mean, meanwhile, I'm rolling out in my pajamas. I haven't combed my hair. It's all fucking all over the place. You know, while I was watching, uh, I don't know, some anime in the background. And I'm like, hey, yeah. baby, you know what I'm <laughs> um, So I get the box and, you know, and I'm like, hey, thanks. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, whatever. And so I pull the thing in and I set it against my door and I'm looking at it. And it's just a tall, like, narrow box. Mm-hmm. And it just says jessica gray queen size it does not say that it's a headboard it doesn't say that it's furniture and i'm like this looks like i ordered a fucking sex doll (laughs) yeah not a normal sex doll a fucking sex doll
2: (laughs) (laughs) a queen size one at that
0: a queen and gray a gray queen sized jessica sex doll it's for your dope alien sex damn it my dope alien sex yeah (laughs) yes dope alien sex always
2: (laughs) yes
0: Um, yeah by the way if you search up night shift radio on giphy you will find uh dope (laughs) dope i just
2: just want dope alien sex (laughs) i gotta be careful how much i yell here in the the hotel because uh it's very much not soundproof in fact at some point or another you may hear uh the cleaning crew up and down the hall or the youths making noise yeah Uh, i'm actually glad that we we recorded uh, last week's episode in advance because uh, while I did end up, you know, settling in for our Left of the Dial episode later that e- evening, uh, when I first got here, the youths were going crazy, were running up oh, and down boy. the hall, yelling to each other, blasting music with the doors open. Um, it was it was humorous, but it wouldn't have made for good podcast content.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, you know, live your best life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've all been to a hotel party or two in yeah. our youth. Yeah, uh, but you know. Trying to make a show here, people. Right. <laughs> 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 trying to make <laughs> a living.
2: I was joking about like if I just like suddenly open the door and be like, hey, I'm trying to make a podcast here. oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so, I
1: don't know. What do you want us to do, about do? that?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking so speaking of which the reason why you are uh, in in a hotel and mm-hmm. in uh, back back in this area. Uh, your band Sympathy uh, performed last night. Yeah. Very exciting.
2: Yeah, that was um, It was a was good show. Live. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. First time in in literally 2 years. It was August 2019 the last time that I came back and played a show. Oh uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so And that was like, the
0: last live band I saw was yeah. you in August of uh, <laughs> 2019.
2: So yeah, yesterday was a kind of a monumental day in this like one step forward three steps back uh reality that we're in right now because yeah um got to go to a movie for the first time in a year and a half
0: yeah uh, first yeah. time
2: since we we've we did the math and most of us in the theater it was uh birds of prey It was the last movie that we saw uh in the theater uh you had a different one though you was it my hero academia
0: yeah, in March, there was a My Hero Academia movie that came out, I believe, and Juniper and I went and saw that. It was either late February or early March. I'm pretty sure it was March, but we, yeah, we went and saw that um, it's a, together.
2: It's extremely appropriate that the majority of us, the last thing we saw in the theater was the last like big pre-COVID superhero release, and for you, it was anime.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's very accurate. It's yeah. very on and brand. And then the one we came back was the next uh, big <laughs> superhero. Yes. It did a release. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, so in one single day, going to the, the theater for the first time in a year and a half, and uh, not only seeing, but engaging in live music for the first time in two years. Uh, actually, it was an exhausting day. I
0: was, it was. I was
2: very tired by the end, but I got uh, uh, no... No real, like, legit Syracuse trip would be complete without a uh, a late-night trip to Nick's. I got, got myself a I couple don't. of slices at, like, 11 p.m., just like the old days. That's the um, way you do it. Except I was completely sober. Actually, you know what? That is like the old days for me. That's like... you. That's like, like the older, older, <laughs> the older days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to, to Nick's late at night, surrounded by drunk people. I'm like, ha, I'm not... I know how much I'm paying for this pizza, and I'm still fine with it.
0: It's <laughs> still okay, yeah. But also, last night was another big, uh, uh, I guess, company-wide yeah. Uh, thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, uh just kind of overwhelmed by like you know, people just showing up that I you know I haven't seen it forever and like good friends and whatnot. All of a sudden I get a tap on my my left shoulder and I turn and I see Kitsy who I knew that they were thinking about possibly coming because they were staying at their mom's house which is like halfway between here and home. Uh, but then I I looked just past Kitsy and there was Andrea. Uh, who anyone who's familiar with the the Night Shift uh, Media Network will know as uh, my co-host on Set Condition One and occasional uh, guest host on Left of the Dial. Uh, And I was not expecting that at all. And I just, like, freaked out. And I I gave her a huge hug, and then I just turned to Kissy. And I was like, look. I'm going to give you a hug, too. I just, I've never met her. <laughs> right. Like pers- never, yeah. We had never met in person. We've been friends now for uh, over a year, almost a year and yep. a half uh, since Kitsie first introduced us uh, when we were talking about the original concept for Second Edition 1. Uh, and here we are now, just out of nowhere. They're, they're, we're all in the same room because uh, Todd and Casey from Super Pod Hero Cast were there, and you and I and Kitsy and Andrew, like, just a, a big old uh, night shift uh, impromptu meetup it was it was great it was wonderful
0: it was it was very awesome so I didn't know that uh Kitsie and Andrea were coming up so that was a surprise for me as well but I you know I did know that Casey and we we had went to the movies with Casey and Todd earlier mm-hmm. that day um yeah so it was pretty exciting uh for, to have the whole night shift radio crew you know and and Casey and Todd same thing they had never met uh Andrea or Kitsy in in real life ever um, mm-hmm. I had met Kitsy a few times previously and then i met um previously on oh, second <laughs> uh, and then i had met uh andrea when i went down for uh, uh one of the left of the dial live oh, uh, right. episodes to run camera so i had met andrea then yeah um yeah so it was uh, it was pretty exciting that was a pretty big deal it was the first time all the night shift radio people had been in the same room uh, ever, and we have been doing this well over a year. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, again, uh, you know, yes, COVID, but outside of the fact that, you know, half of us live in, in upstate and central New York, you know, you're in St. Louis, Kitsy's in Philly, Andrea's in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So like we're all over, you know, all over the place. So this was just it was a very fun happenstance that we all kind of got together. Yeah. And uh and met up. It was very exciting. So it was that was a good it was a good time. Yeah.
2: I'm just just so blown away at how like the, the people that turned out and just how good it was to to see everybody.
0: Yeah. And- yeah, and you know, uh, there was a few other people that we we had known and friends with that uh, mm-hmm. ended up being there as well. And I was talking to one of them, um, uh, our friend Mark Heath, and we were talking about time. and And we were telling a story, and I think he was telling me a story. And, and we were talking about like, oh yeah, last year, blah blah. But we realized when we were saying last year, we actually meant twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. not twenty twenty. And we realized, uh, you know, Marquis brought this up that 2020 is is like Schrodinger's year. Yeah, that it is uh, it is both the longest year ever, yet it just plain never existed yeah. as well. <laughs> and so it's just, uh, so so 2020 was was uh, is Schrodinger's uh, year. Yeah. It is it both simultaneously exists and doesn't.
2: And it only exists when you observe or think about it.
0: Yes, and I would prefer never to.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, but then, you know, we have 2020 and then now I guess we're in 2022 and then we're going to have 2023 who's going to try to stop 2021. I get it. But it it's a circle. I All right, it. that being said, hello and welcome to the Neverhood of a podcast. I'm your host Michael Fight.
2: And I'm Caleb 3, you know, <laughs> the last one.
0: The last one. <laughs> Yeah. So, we're here to talk about uh, the movie Time Crimes.
2: Yeah, which um, was the weirdest Darkman sequel I've ever seen. <laughs> like, someone let Josh Rubin know.
0: <laughs> that Nacho Vigalondo has gone ahead and already gotten the ball rolling for him. <laughs> Phenomenal. I, so, this is one of those movies, I'll be honest, this is one of those movies where... You have you already kind of know the twist going in. Like it was very obvious what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But I personally had a fucking blast going through this movie.
2: I was honestly surprised at mm-hmm. how much I enjoyed this. Cause just like just looking at it, kind of looking at the um the the trailer and like the still photos, stuff like that, it looked like super just kind of grainy, low budget, like like okay it'll be fine it'll it'll probably be bad um yeah but it actually turned out to be really good and um for a time travel movie they can get uh, i mean we we've seen this before they can get sloppy real fast and like Ooh, yeah. you can have all sorts of weird loose ends uh things that like needed to get tied up that, that didn't or like Huge paradoxical stuff that just never makes any sense, uh, but this does a surprisingly good job of keeping it as a, a closed loop, uh, and, and like guiding you to, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a, a predestined outcome, um, not unlike our our first movie of the uh, the month of. well, we're in July, right? We're
0: we? we're in July. Yep.
2: Yeah. Wait, have we been doing this all of July? Yeah. Is, is this really is july that late? oh god wow yeah i <laughs> didn't realize like right the the month is is closer to over than not which means the year is closer to over than not and like i don't i don't know what happened i don't i don't know <laughs> i barely know where i am right now <laughs> for reals. uh but yeah uh, it does, does a, a really good job of of keeping that that close and um yeah, again, not unlike Predestination, kicking off the 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 month of time travel movies that we've done. And uh, I would dare say one of the better time travel stories that we've talked about so far.
0: I completely agree with you. And, and that kind of goes along to my point of how you knew what... I mean, you knew the general... Like, you knew the twist of what was going on in this movie. Like, it, it's kind of one of those films... And I don't think everybody would figure out the twist. Uh, obviously, for those of you watching on Twitch or those of you listening into the podcast... As you are probably familiar, we will spoil the ending to this movie. Yeah. Um, That is what we do. We are going to talk about the plot points. Um, uh, So we will, let's uh, carry on with the time crimes. But uh, this movie is available on Tubi TV, um, streaming for free. It is also on Prime Video. Um, now for those of you that heard me um, mention the director um and uh writer of this film Nacho Vigalondo uh, who is also in the movie Yeah um but uh, uh Nacho Vigalondo you're probably like wait that name is like sounds familiar how do I know that name Well the reason why is because you recognize that name uh for um uh uh, colossal that yeah. we did uh, just a couple of months ago with with anne hathaway the one where she is inadvertently controlling a kaiju um nacho Vigalando was the director for that film um so so that is why uh, he also wrote that film um yeah, he's so done a lot of prob- writing
2: which is he has is really and
0: neat. and acting he actually has like over 40 acting credits oh wow um, yeah, right. which is pretty interesting um but yeah, so so for those of you that that listened to our uh, Colossal episode, Nacho Vigalondo is the same writer. He did this film back in two thousand and seven, and then Colossal uh, was, I think, his his big follow up in twenty sixteen. It was probably more of his, probably his biggest budget film to date, is my assumption.
2: Yeah, because I'm kind of like just quickly looking through his uh, IMDb profile, and otherwise, like as far as here in the states. The only stuff that I recognize that uh, was released was some of the like, uh, you know, ABCs of death and like one of the the VHS stories. So like some of those like anthology horror stories, he he did some Mm -hmm. writing and directing and stuff like that for. Um, But I don't, it feels, it looks like most of his stuff was probably uh, less popular here in the States and more like Spanish language, like released in like Europe probably would be my guess because... Um, like this, uh, the, the movie we're talking about today, Time Crimes was, was filmed in Spain and it's, it's in Spanish, uh, which...
0: Yeah. Nacho being a a Spanish, uh, filmmaker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, we, we've talked about before how frequently I just forget about Spain entirely. And again, if we have any Spanish listeners, I'm sorry. I really am. It's not your fault. It's me. Um, but
0: I just... Well, I mean, you know why that is, right? Uh... Why you forget about Spain? Why? Is because no one suspects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No one just, expects the Spanish Inquisition. Like, Spain is just entirely
2: out of context for me. Like I know Spanish from Latin America, from, from our close neighbors and the, you know, the people that I, I see around me in US cities all the time. Uh, yeah. and I forget about Spain. Man, I, for, I mean, let's be real. I forget about most of Europe, and again, that's not any of y'all's fault. That's all me. But it's just, <laughs> my life just doesn't doesn't involve a lot of Europe, and you know that should change probably. But you know, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't yeah, I mean, yet? So
0: we'll venture. Uh, we we venture into it every so often with uh, with movies. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get back. We'll do a Europe vacation soon on film.
2: There was one movie that I thought maybe I'd seen before, but realized that it it looks like it's probably another one of these where it's. Uh, like Spanish language, uh, not necessarily set or released in the U.S., uh, called "Extraterrestrial." Looks like maybe mm. it's a little bit bigger budget. That was from two thousand eleven. Um, but yeah, that's really that's really it. Nacho Figalonde.
0: Yeah, I, he's great. I mean, so far he's two for two for me uh, for films of his that uh, I've I've seen and liked. So um, yeah, you know. So Nacho, you have made it. You have made it onto our list of of directors and writers. We will watch your movies. Um, so there is talks that this is uh, this film is going to be remade oh. um, into an Americanized version. Uh, at one point, Tom Cruise was attached uh, to do the American remake of the film, but that is no longer the case. Okay, apparently. good, because you, yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this looks really good. Now there is a lot of like weird uh, like stuff in this movie. So as we're going to talk about the the company that you know has the time machine has a very specific logo. Uh the girl in the woods has that logo on her t-shirt, although we never really see the, you know, they never really make a connection I don't really think I, think I don't think it's intentional. I think it's really more easter egg and less like we're not supposed to think it's conspiracy. I think we're just supposed to be like, "Oh, that's cute." Yeah. Um oh, so for those uh, watching on on uh, uh Twitch, the name of the movie we're talking about is Time Crimes. a 2007 uh a Spanish film, uh Spanish and Spanish language film by writer and director Nacho Vigalando. Yeah. Um uh, As mentioned, you can watch it uh, for free on uh, TubiTV.com or uh, Amazon Prime Video, or or at least two of the places you can see it. I'm sure it is other places. Yeah. so, so to start the movie off, so the movie starts off and we meet Hector uh, and his wife uh, Clara, mm-hmm. um, who uh, have um, uh, moved into this house. Now, is this are they vacationing in this house or are they moved into this house? It
2: looks to me like they're moving into a, a house in the the Spanish countryside and are uh, perhaps in the middle of renovating it because there's like. Uh, there's plastic on the the walls there's some like unfinished like uh, like exposed like wall studs and stuff like that throughout and like plastic sheets everywhere it looks like they're very much in the process of making this their home uh which uh, I think right off the bat we can say that the the real moral of this story is like don't renovate a home in the Spanish countryside
0: uh, yeah, I mean that was the lesson I took from this film. Uh, nothing else <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Not uh, don't stumble into people's property. Always listen to scientists. Like none of those things are the moral. It is yeah. literally just don't buy homes in the Spanish countryside.
2: Yeah, don't go wandering <laughs> off of uh, off after you know random women that you see undressing in the woods when you're using your binoculars. Like just don't
0: yeah just just don't do any of that that's yeah uh so so we we get the plot of this you know the beginning of this movie we meet hector uh who is played by uh car i do not speak spanish so cara elahade uh we're gonna say um elahalde um yeah. who uh looks like he's he's been around on a few things he he's has this uh a movie called even the rain while at war and spanish affair um Obviously, these are Spanish films. Uh, you know, we're not familiar uh, here in America. They uh, Most of these, I would assume, did not get a major American release, so I am not familiar with them. Um, however, uh, he's got a pretty good career in films that look to be uh, popular, but at a, not here, so I don't know. Um, yeah. And as Kayla mentioned, you know, the same thing. That's nothing against you. That's just, that's your that's your country's films. We yeah. you know, we don't we don't see your your uh, your theater list as much as as you do as you probably don't see as much of ours outside of the really really big blockbusters. Um I, yes. I
2: genuinely don't know how the film industry works because I know that like all countries have their own and they're they're making movies and there's a lot of really yeah. great art out there and I don't know what determines like how a movie gets distributed like worldwide or in specific countries or like why we see some uh foreign quote unquote foreign films imported here to the states and vice versa and why we don't yeah i have no idea i don't yeah. understand how any of it works
0: yeah it's a it's a e- even myself who actually works in the film industry i couldn't tell you it's a mess out there it's all just who who has the money and uh, what they decide to do with it that's yeah. all it's <laughs> all it comes down to it's like who who bought the film and where do you, where can they uh, ship it pretty much that makes sense um yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, so this movie starts off, we we meet Hector and his wife, Clara. Um, you know, they're getting ready. She's, you know, he's just come back from, you know, the local store, picked up a few supplies. It looks like she's putting together furniture, doing a little bit of gardening, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just kind of hanging out. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to relax. And, you know, we're, we're off on the countryside. And this, this looks to be the start of like, hey, we're just starting a, this life or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just want to chill and relax. And he's sitting there and the wife's like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, run to the store and, and pick up a couple other things. And he's like, okay, great. And she's put together a little, like, side table. And they have this bed of, like, hey, you know, he's like, you should put it together in the house because you probably can't, um, you're probably not going to fit it through the doorway. And she's like, oh, if I do, you know, I bet you some cute thing. You know, like, you, you have to make dinner or something like that.
2: She's like, oh, well, if, if it doesn't fit through the door, I'll just keep it out here.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, so that's, so we see the side table. That is, uh, that will come into play a little later. Mm -hmm. Um, very minorly, but it will come into uh, play later. So, uh, Hector is chilling in the backyard. He pulls up his, uh, binoculars Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's kind of skimming through the woods and he sees some sort of weird figure moving around. He's like, oh, what is that? You know, and and Clara kind of gets in the way and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to birdwatch or whatever. (laughs) Um, and so finally, he, he kind of focuses in on a very specific figure. And it turns out to be a young woman mm-hmm. um, who is, uh, she's wearing red pants and a white shirt. And, you know, he sees her and she's like, he's like oh, what is she doing, like wandering through the woods? She's kind of acting weird, um, like kind of suspiciously, you know, just kind of like sulking around. He's like, what is happening? Yeah. And then eventually he sees her and she's, she's kind of standing and she's looking a certain way. And then she takes off her shirt. Um, and you know, so, so, uh, content warning, um, we do see her boobs, uh, in this film, uh, several times in yeah. fact. Um, so, uh, for those of you that are worried about that and, uh, there is a little bit of swearing, but it is obviously Spanish. So if English swear words offend you, I, I mean, I don't know why you'd be listening to our podcast, <laughs> but, um, if English words offend you, they are said in Spanish a few times over, uh, yeah. but not bad. It, it really wasn't that bad.
2: Yeah, um, Then I could tell. It's so like, as as he's creeping on her and he kind of gets distracted by uh, by Clara, she's like, you know, I need you to to go to town and, and get food. Like we don't we don't have any food. He's like, I don't want to get in the car again. I just don't. And like, I I kind of missed it, but at, at the beginning it looked like maybe there was an incident with like the. The tailgate of the, their wagon or whatever and like stuff. Went yeah, he, he just
0: like hit a bump and the tailgate flipped open and all the yeah. shit fell out of the back. Yeah.
2: So and it seems like he's just kind of like he's had it for, for the day and just wants to wants to chill. Uh so she's as like, he should have. She's like, <laughs> fine, all right. I'll go. Uh, or she, she's like, If if I can't get the uh the table through the bedroom door, then I'll take the car into town. And that's where yeah, the, the bet comes yep. in. And mm-hmm. she comes back down with her coat on. She's like, well, it didn't fit. So this is me saying, You're right. I'll be back. And she's like, I'll I'll leave the keys by the door. Uh, and then she she goes off with her red coat and he resumes uh bird watching. Yes,
0: <laughs> he's watching a bird all right. <laughs> so uh so you know he he sees the woman, he sees her take off her shirt, you know, and then he's uh he you know, he gets distracted again, he goes to look back and he can't find her. Um, and, uh, it seems like something wild's going, going down in the forest. So he, he kind of wanders in a little bit just to kind of see what's going on. Oh, he, he looks again and sees that, uh, her pants now are on the ground. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what is happened? Like he sees it with the, with the binoculars. So he's like, what is going on? So he's like wandering in the woods, just being generally nosy. I don't think it's out of concern as much as he's just like, what is going down in this place? Yeah. Um, and, uh, he finally gets to the place where he, uh, where the woman was. And he sees, uh, that the woman is now completely naked. Um, she is leaning up against a, a, like, a group of rocks and she is unconscious and her clothes are on the floor, um, or on the ground. And so he's like, hello, hello. And like trying to wake her up, you know, and he like gets up close to her and just as he does, Motherfucker gets stabbed in the arm with a pair of scissors.
2: Which, ow! Uh, I also love because like it's it's very unclear in this moment if the woman is alive or dead. Like the way that they've uh, like laid her out against the the rock and like framed her like completely still one up. But then they make a point of like zooming in real close. Uh, and you mentioned you know we see her breast several times. This is one of those times where like they zoom right in on them so you, like you can be sure to see that they're moving because she's breathing. Uh, yeah. But, like, he's I think you like even hear
0: a, like they have an auditory cue of her, like, breathing too. I yeah, think, which as well.
2: I had wondered if that was intentional or not. Because, again, like, the, the mm-hmm. movie, like, the, the sound is a little bit l- low quality.
0: It's low uh, budget. It's, yeah. you know, the video quality is really... I mean, I would be surprised if this... This movie was released in 2007. I would be surprised if it actually wasn't filmed a few years earlier.
2: Yeah, that would make um, sense. The
0: quality of this was was not something I would see typically of 2007.
2: Late enough that, like, cell phones were coming enough that somebody, at some point, you know, they, they need to make a phone call and somebody asks, like, don't you have a cell? Uh, but yeah, early enough that... Um, it is uh, explicitly stated you know, that there's you know, poor signal out here, which means that there aren't a shit ton of towers all over the wilderness, as we now know there to be in most places. Uh, yeah. Although budget, two point six million estimated. I
0: just saw that. That's a lot for a for a low budget film. I mean, that's like indie budget film. That's not low budget. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is technically considered low budget, but that's pretty damn decent. Like I've worked on really good films that were that budget. <laughs>
2: I wonder if it was like you know they had to, to pay a lot for specific locations or if like if some of these actors are like really big in Spain and like It could be Hector like a, it,
0: it does look like he was in a lot of things. Yeah,
2: so maybe like maybe the actual budget was like 600,000 but he demanded 2 billion or 2 million.
0: <laughs> that was it, Hector. Well, he needed, you know, he needed one for Hector 1, yeah. a budget for Hector 2. And a budget for actors. Listen,
2: I'm in this movie three times, so right. they're like we got to negotiate this pay.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Ethan Hawke. He got like five different uh, paychecks for a predestination. Oh, my God. There
2: are so few, so few actors
0: for so many characters in that movie. Uh, yeah, which, uh, you know, speaking of which, there are only four actors in this whole movie. There is Hector. There is the girl in the woods. There is... Clara, his wife, mm-hmm. um, and the scientist guy, and that is it. There are no other actors in this movie.
2: Well, there's technically a fifth actor, but it just like plays uh, like a, a stand-in for Hector. So I'm wondering if it's just like sometimes he does like the stunts or something like that, or like just does some of the acting when uh, you know we'll see later. Like Hector has a, a bandage around his face for a large part of his part of it, so maybe there were times when like somebody just had to like stand in.
0: Yeah, like well, a, mm-hmm. so a stand-in typically is uh, while uh, while the crew is setting up and lighting a scene, the stand-in will stand in as the actor, and sometimes they'll even mock the movements of, of the actor so that um, they can light properly to how the scene is going to look, um, and they can uh, practice camera movements and stuff like that as well. I'm trying to find... Um, so, so that's typically what a stand-in does, uh, but in cases of duplicates like this, um, uh, the stand-in will act as a body double basically for when two characters need to be in the uh on screen at the same time although I don't think there's a specific instance in which they are
1: There is
2: one and that might actually make sense uh so th- this is just the
0: Hector 3 one right Hector yeah. 1 and Hector 3 when in the we end, see yeah. what and he goes hey.
2: what happens when you just described um you know him getting stabbed when we later see what what happens in this moment as we see the loop repeat um there's a moment where there's two of them on on, on screen at the same time so maybe yeah. it was that uh but yeah one in uh, ciarte uh is credited as hector occasional ah so yep. I, don't, I don't know if that's like a literal translation of just like occasionally he plays hector uh, yeah, or if there's uh, like a specific reason that he's he's tagged. Because like, it's capitalized as though it's like a, a surname or a title. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I would assume that it's probably the stand-in. Because uh, there's also the scene with the table uh, in the end mm-hmm. um, where they're both seen on screen. So that's probably where they also uh, yeah. play this. So it's probably a stand-in or double or body double or Um. that. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So we're we're at the point. He sees the girl in the woods. He gets stabbed. Um, and he kind of looks back, and he sees that the person he's he's been stabbed by is Dark Man, uh, <laughs> as, as Caleb said. So it's a man whose face is wrapped in bandages, and the bandages are kind of pinkish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has a a big uh, sort of trench coat that he is uh, that is wrapped around him, and he he's got a pair of scissors. So he's stabbed in the arm by the scissors. He goes running off. You know, he's clearly being chased by the bandaged man. Um, and, uh, you know, he runs off in the woods and there is a very specific scene where, you know, he's using the binoculars to try to find where the bandage man is following him. And he does use the binoculars and he looks and we see the bandage man and he turns around and he has his hands, although he has binoculars. So he just put his, you know, his hands up around his eyes and he turns back (laughs) and looks at him and Hector goes, ah. And he runs back and he ends up running in and finding this abandoned, well, this this house hidden, uh kind of in, in this woods area and it is fenced off. He jumps the fence um and uh goes to get in the house. Um and this is a really funny scene because he's like knocking on the door and stuff like that. And yeah. then he picks up a rock and he throws the he just like <laughs> casually throws the rock and just shatters the whole window, and he's like, Me.
2: No one's responding. So I'm just gonna break this giant place plate glass window and just walk in and right. like he walks into what looks like a, like an office cafeteria or something like that. Cause there's a bunch of little like two seater tables and like a coffee machine and stuff like that. And, um, he sees a, a wall calendar hanging on the, on the wall, but it's got like a, a squiggly arrow with some, some X's drawn on it. And he's like, Oh, that's weird. And like takes it, flips it over and sees that it's the, like it's flipped to the page for September, which we later learn. Uh, these events are happening on September 16th, so it's mm-hmm. good to remember for later, uh, and then proceeds to just kind of wander through this, this office that looks like a house and is at some point described as a house, but is very clearly not a house in any way.
0: Yeah, um, so the implication, it kind of reminded me of uh, like Ex Machina, where it was like, it's it's like the dude's house but like also his laboratory um that's kind of that's kind of the thought of it is like it's it's also this uh this place
1: but
2: like um we later learn that the the one other character that we see involved with this location it like it's not his at all like he's just uh, some random employee
0: yeah who just he he ended up staying late over the weekend to work because mm-hmm. he really wanted to kind of he wanted to be the first person to turn on the thing even though he shouldn't have. Yep. Uh, and that employee, uh, who is uh, El joven, is actually played by Nacho Vigalando. Yep. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, Hector eventually gets into this area, you know, down and he kind of sees that it's a very sciencey area, and he ends up uh, picking up a um a walkie-talkie and getting hold of this person El Havan yeah. um who he was like hey there's somebody after me like what do i do like i'm in this house and he's like oh and so the guy on the other end is very casual about like the whole situation like he's very specific and eventually he does ask him is he a guy with bandages mm-hmm. and he was like yes he was like okay i see him now you need to head up to this one part of the house like i'm there i'll meet you there Um, I will like, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll take care of this. And, and so, you know, Hector's like, okay. And, you know, eventually he, he sneaks his way up into this house. So he's in this room and the guy's like, oh my God, you know, and he meets up with this person and the person's like, yeah, I'm, you know, in, I'm just working late. I'm in this, you know, in this lab. And he was like, oh my God, the bandage guy is coming. You should get into this vat, like get into this this giant vat thing. I'm gonna <laughs> fill it, you know it's it's filled up with like a liquid goo. It's like the demolition man freeze thing.
2: What a fucking terrible plan. Right. <laughs> get into this thing of uh, mysterious liquid that you're completely unfamiliar with. And what I'm gonna do is seal you in there with this hatch that that comes down from above. Uh, and you'll have like at most like six inches uh, of air uh, space to to hang out and breathe. Uh, while this guy comes and, like, tries to attack us. But don't worry. And, and as potentially it's closing, kills me. Yeah, as it's closing, I'll jump right in after you. Don't worry.
0: Yeah. Which also, I was like, but there's, two, like, why like, don't the two of you just jump this guy? Um, but I knew why. They also, like, do that.
2: how would you plan on getting out if both of you were sealed in sign?
0: Like, exactly.
2: There's, there's seemingly, seemingly, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of flaws in the scientist's plan
0: so as the vat is closing Hector's in it and he's like okay get it get in the thing like hurry up and he looks out the window and he sees that the guy sees him and he's like get hurry up get in get in get in and the guy just keeps going ahead Hector is now closed into the vat and the the goo is filled it up completely and we see some flashes and uh you know uh something has clearly happened so before we go on to figure out what has happened, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Um, so uh, first off, thank you so much for listening uh, to our shows. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting, yeah. we're almost to the 200 episode mark. I think we've got about uh, 12 more episodes left or so. Wow. Uh, yeah, and we're gonna hit the 200 mark. So we're gonna, uh, I think we hit that uh, on Halloween, I think is our uh, 200 episode mark. Um, so it's gonna be pretty cool. We're Neat. very excited for that. Um it's going to be a big deal. You know, we we've been doing this for uh, over 3 years now. Um so uh that being said, of course, if you have not subscribed uh or followed on your podcast player of choice, please make sure to do that. We super appreciate it. That way you get notified when brand new episodes happen. Um we release a uh preview episode on Thursdays so that gives you a heads up of the movies we are going to be talking about on that following Sunday. So that gives you the weekend to basically do your homework and uh watch the movies if you so choose or if you're the type of person that likes to listen to our reviews before you watch a movie um then you can ignore what I just said but maybe watch those you know listen to those episodes anyways because you know we'd appreciate it yeah um and, uh, and yeah, and you know, while you're hanging out, don't forget to uh, do a rating and review super easy to do only takes a couple of clicks. You can do it directly in the app without having to leave, um, especially on, uh, Apple podcasts. And it is insanely helpful for uh, for uh, helpful for us. It's probably one of the most helpful things outside of sharing this show with, uh, people, you know, yeah. um, so yeah, but if you wanted a better idea, if you wanted to get to know the month. Um, of what we're going to do beforehand, Caleb. How could they do that?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, you oh, could visit uh, thenhoit.com. That's T H E N H O I T.com, uh, where uh, you know we've we've carved out our carved out our little niche on the internet. And uh, every month there, we post a schedule of the uh, upcoming episodes for the month. A little description of the movies, as well as links to trailers and where you can find the movies streaming, if available. Uh, a good chunk of the movies this month are on uh, over on Tubi TV, which, as we've mentioned, you can watch for free with no sign up, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, just down below that, we have a, a listener request form, uh, or just you know, just a contact form. But you know, we really lean heavily on it as like you know, if you've got movies that you want to hear us talk about. Uh, send us a message through there and let us know. We've got a a whole list of them. We've done a couple of uh, full months of listener requests and we've got, we've got a bunch banked and we're going to, we're going to keep keep rocking through them and, you know, keep them coming. We we will always uh, love to watch about the, uh, the movies that you think people should know about that they, that they maybe don't. Uh, And, you know, the the only, the only real rule is that it has to be a movie that is readily available in some way for people to watch, whether it be streaming or, you know, on demand or whatnot
0: yeah yeah um, so definitely send us requests. like I said we we are we will literally nonstop request uh, until until we run out of listeners or run out of movies. So um, and uh yeah, so again, we're gonna take a very, very short break uh, for those of you watching on Twitch um just hang tight. we'll be uh, we'll be right back yeah. Hey all it's Michael Fight here, and I want to talk about Set Condition 1, Night Shift Radio's premier Battlestar Galactica fancast. Join the crew as they quest for Earth one episode at a time. Newcomer Andrea and seasoned vets Caleb and Kitsie discuss the 2004 sci-fi series as they try to figure out who are the Cylons. I hear they look like us now. They just entered the last season of the series, so you've got tons of episodes to binge to catch up before the new series launches next year. Trust me, you'll want to binge when you start this series. Join them at Second Edition One throughout the podcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. If you're podcasts. like
1: me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories. Performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator, and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift Radio original, and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word? Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com storyteller.
0: Hello and welcome back. How you doing, y'all?
1: I just did the, like, freeze...
0: yeah the freeze i totally paused (laughs) um so we are uh we're back we're talking about the movie time crimes a uh, spanish language film uh uh, kind of falls in it's more sci-fi but kind of falls a little bit in the horror territory a little bit um a little bit i I think it's definitely more sci-fi than anything else thriller definitely
2: yeah it's yeah i I would call like a a vaguely sci-fi thriller uh more so than, than horror though. Uh there is some kind of horror adjacent elements. There's you know sure. a, a seemingly a uh, a a masked villain with a weapon chasing just ordinary average Hector through the Ooh. uh through the woods. So Th-
0: through the woods. Through the, the woods. woods. Um, um, uh, so, so when we left you, yeah. um, Hector has made his way, uh, escaping from the bandage, uh, person who has stabbed him with scissors. He has made his way, uh, to this laboratory and he is now, uh, in this vat.
2: Well, don't forget he, uh, when he was meandering through the, uh, the, the house portion of the lab, uh, he found a first aid kit and uh, You know, he, he pulls up the, the sleeve of his sweatshirt that he's wearing, and he's got the gnarliest fucking wound that I've it's a fucking seen. Fucking gaping hole. And like, <laughs> does not look like a, a clean stab wound uh, by any means. It is about, you know, three inches long and about an inch and a half wide and just, like, gouged out and, like, really looks like someone just kind of, like, tore a chunk out of his skin, less oh. so than just a puncture wound. Uh, all of that to say... um. It is staggering how he doesn't end up with several like serious infections throughout this movie. Uh, like, he, oh,
0: I'm sure he will in the he, long run. Yeah,
2: he he seemingly like treats the the wound and not you know? I, I guess maybe like finds some antiseptic or whatever. But then he wraps it in a bandage. That's important. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because then he goes up the up the path. You know, he's being chased by the the bandage man all along. He goes up the path to this like silo, and that's where he runs into the scientists and gets into the vat and. The, um, and
0: now that's where he is. So, yeah. uh, and that's the end of the movie, which is really weird. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, so, so while in the vat, uh, he he sees a big flash, and now the vat opens up. Now, mind you, by the time he gets into the vat, um, it is nighttime. It is. It looks like it's storming a little bit. Like there was a little bit. He heard a little bit of thunder earlier. Um, you know, and and it looks like it's about to rain, and the vat opens. And there is standing the same person that uh, put him in the vat. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it is daytime. Um, It is clearly, you know, uh, brighter than it was. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is going on? And the guy explains that he has traveled back in time roughly uh, a little over an hour. Um, And he's like, wait, what? Like... What is happening? And he was like, uh, he's like, hey, and he kind of explains like, hey, this is a time machine. We were about to, you know, we were gonna launch this on Monday. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to turn it on before anyone else. And he was like, and we haven't tested this on vertebrae. So you are the very first person to ever travel back in time. Yeah. Like you can't tell anyone, like, I'm not even supposed to be here. Like, I'm just some worker guy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this isn't my place. Yeah. And Hector's like, what is going on?
2: And when, uh, when Hector first comes out of the machine, like the scientist looks just as confused as he is. Like, who are you? (laughs) Like, who are you no who are you (laughs) and like wait a second you you travel through time uh (laughs) he's like chasing him down trying to convince him like takes him down into the house slash office slash lab uh pulls the uh the calendar off the wall draws the arrow that we saw earlier uh in order to demonstrate like so this is your timeline and you see at, at this point you went back and now we're here, but your time—you're going to keep moving forward, uh, which was one of the like kind of most simplified and succinct ways of explaining this type of time travel that that I've ever seen. Just like you will always continue moving forward, uh, but what you did was take a temporary loop back, and now you're looping around forward again, uh, which sets us up for the idea of like, okay, there's these points in time where things are things are happening that are triggering later events and it starts to get a little wibbly wobbly.
0: yeah but it's uh it kind of is very captain america endgamey because he's like he he goes back in time and he's gonna live parallel mm-hmm. to himself basically up until the point that he went back in time yeah and then from that point forward um, he is himself again, basically.
2: So, so he's got to make sure that everything happens roughly the way that it did leading up to that moment. Otherwise, like, he's changed history and, like, could be fucked. Um, and right. so, like, he has to, like, the, the scientists are like, you need to just, like, wait here and do nothing. And, of course, Hector is, like, you know, every... You know, like he's, he's Carl from the walking dead. He's ever per every person who's ever been told wait right here and didn't, um, yep. he starts wandering around. He picks up the phone to call himself, which we get uh, and I call back to call back uh, to a mm-hmm. scene earlier where, when he's home trying to rest and the phone rings and he picks it up and there's no one there and they hang up uh, and he tries calling back and gets this weird like answering service. Uh, so now we see like that's happening here. He calls his home and like, he hears himself pick up the phone. Uh, he really struggles with the concept. Like he, he keeps thinking like this is some other person. He keeps referring to this as like, Oh, there's a, who's that man in my house? Like that's very clearly you dude. Like uh, yeah. at this, like at this point, the evidence of your senses, I mean, let's just full on like, Oh, comes razor this, like the evidence of your senses shows you that's you. And that person is doing all the things that you were doing earlier that you probably remember doing. Cause it wasn't that long ago. It's you. That's the simplest explanation. You time traveled. It,
0: it was an hour ago and the thing is like so he he actually goes back with the guy and they like they they spy they use his binoculars and spy on himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that scene we got with him and Clara in the backyard and everything and he's like, "Well, who, that man with my wife. Like I don't want him ending up with my wife." And it was like <sighs> Man, like this is not that complicated. That is you a fucking hour ago. Like this is not (laughs) complicated. in like an hour and a half, like that person. That's just going to be you in an hour. (laughs) Yeah,
2: just like just uh, this, just let let the cycle play out. So he, he, you know, not satisfied with with on, he steals a car and drives off only to be rammed off the road. Uh, after seeing the, the woman that he they saw earlier in the woods, he sees her ride by on a bicycle. He's like, what? And then gets rammed off the road, gets injured, uh, hits his head. Now he's got a big old gash on his head that's bleeding. And his first thought is, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll take this nasty-ass bandage off my arm from this like oozing, like likely infested, infected wound on my, my arm, and I'm going to wrap it around my head to stop that bleeding uh, and as soon as the blood starts to soak through the bandage and turn it like vaguely pinkish, he's like, wait a second. And then he covers his entire face with it. And now he's dark man, but he doesn't have the coat just yet.
0: But he doesn't have the coat just yet. So he, he uh, so while he's in the car and his face is bandaged, the woman from the forest approaches the car and is like, oh my God, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, can I help you? And he's like, I'm fine what what's going on i mean mind you he's a fucking wreck like he's he's just clearly not fine yeah his face is bleeding and now we can see that his arm is covered in blood and she's like you're not okay you know i have a first aid kit get out of the car i'll help you like i'll call an ambulance like please please get out of the car and he's like okay and you know he's nervous because he knows like he can't fuck up the, the part where she goes into the woods and takes her clothes off, because if he does, then he never goes there in the first place, which honestly would have been the correct thing to do because then Hector would have never left in the first place, which would, never, which would have meant Hector 1 would have never been stabbed by Hector 2 or 3, um, which means she, the woman, never would have done her thing and everything would have just been fine. Everything would have just reset and everything would have been fine. Um, but I guess he still would have been alive, but
2: yeah, it's it, like, it, it is unclear what would actually become of this. We, and they, they call him Hector two, even though he's technically the, the original as far as we know, although we don't right. know. Well, I
0: mean, technically they're all the original, technically but, yeah. they're all
2: the same. Uh, they refer to him as Hector two just to, to keep them separate. So like he's Hector two, Hector one is the one that he's uh, now observing living, uh, what we'll call the original timeline. Um, the sacred timeline. The sacred timeline. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's left unclear what would happen to Hector 2 if uh, events were to be changed, if he would just cease to exist. Uh, in which case, like, from the, the standpoint of, like, fixing things, that would make the most sense. Uh, but yeah. he's so caught up in the idea that, like, no, I'm Hector, and this person's an imposter, and one other. So he he just can't fathom the idea of doing anything that would prevent him from kind of taking back control of this timeline as himself rather than, like, I'm just going to, like, fix this and poof myself out.
0: Right. Yeah, the The cognitive thinking, like, the critical thinking of it all is pretty... I would say probably the most unrealistic thing about this movie is Hector's reasoning and logic for everything he does. Yeah. Everything. Because there are so many times that, that it seems like an easy fix is is presented in fact the uh um the scientist offers up several options many times to all three Hectors. in fact he he gives him the like hey if you just legit stand the fuck still everything will be fixed like everything will be fine and it's Mm -hmm. not until the end of the movie that he actually ends up doing that um he ends up doing it with uh, uh uh later in the film and that is how the film resolves is he just he he even says like let's just be calm, and that's how everything like wraps up neatly ish. Outside of you know, we'll talk about the fact that there's now a fucking dead body, <laughs> um, but and he is beat to shit. So so Hector 2 now uh, donned as the uh, the bandage man. You know he wanders back out uh, onto the road where the car where his car just got hit. He sees a bunch of things knocked over and he sees an actual a, a like dumpster has been knocked over and another truck is is there with all the stuff empty. He looks down on the ground and there is a uh, the trench coat that mm-hmm. he has. And he's, he's like, wait a second. And he picks it up and he's like, right. So he puts it on. So now we learn that Hector 2 is in fact the bandaged man uh, who went after Hector 1. Now, why did he do that? Well, let's go into it. So at this point, he, he sees that Hector one is there and he realizes, oh shit, this woman has to, she has to get naked in this woods because that is the reason that I go into the woods. So he, you know, he, he, uh, sneaks some scissors out of her bag and he's like, you, you know, he's threatening her, like, you got to go up into the woods with me. And he's like, okay, stand here, look to the, you know, look to the left, you know, bite your thumb. Okay. Now take your shirt off. And, you know, she does it, and she's like, what are you doing to me? He's like, just just do this. Trust me. I'm not going to hurt you. Just do this.
2: I love it. Clearly, she thinks that, like, she's in serious trouble. Um, sure. And, and she should. He, on the other hand, is, like, super distracted and, like, keeps, like, looking back towards the house. And, like, she's like, do I need to take off anything else? He's like, no, 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 you're fine. And he's, like, not even looking at her. So it's not even, like, not even implied that he's perving out on her. It's literally just like, <laughs> you need to do this. I'll explain later. And she's like. Right. I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she, he's like, okay, you can put your shirt back on. And she's like, okay. Um, and then so she does. And then as he's distracted, she ends up um, uh, kicking him and trying to escape. And he grabs onto her and they tumble down a hill and it ends up knocking her unconscious.
2: Yeah. Which, so again, then, at this moment, it it's hard to tell if, like, she's supposed to be alive or not. But remembering that she was breathing earlier... It's like, okay, so she must have just been knocked out in this fall.
0: Right. And he's like, oh, right. So he drags her back up the hill, positions her back to uh, how he found her naked. Hector mm-hmm. One found her. He takes all her clothes off, sets them up the way that he found found them. Hector One uh, shows up. He stabs Hector 1 because he's trying to get Hector to stop messing with it. Like, he's like, oh, shit. Like, I have to stab him because that's what gets him to run away, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting because it's kind of this goes back to that predestination paradox. It's it's the bootstrap paradox. Yeah. Paradox. It's how did, uh, how did he know to stab himself to get him to go to the thing if he was the one that got to the thing? You know, like, mm-hmm. who, who started what loop? Um, bootstrap paradox. Very good. Um, so, you know, he stabs him, he runs off, he tries to reenact the whole binoculars thing. It's a very funny scene where he keeps turning and doing it and waiting yes. to see Hector. And he's like, oh, it's not there. And he goes up a little further. He does it again. He's like, damn it. It's not that. And it, so he finally gets it and he, he gets it right that one time. So now Hector one's back up there. Hector two goes back up to El uh, El Hoven who says to him like, Hey, I'm Hector two this is the situation that's going on. Like you need to get Hector one to get into the vat, like tell him to go up to do this thing. Like that he's basically telling him to do the things that El Havan told Hector one to do mm-hmm. the first time around. And El Hovan's like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. Really what we should be doing is this. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Hovan's like, I'm the scientist here. That is not how this should work. And he explains again, like you have to make sure that everything happens exactly as it did. Um, I mean, meanwhile, loop number two,
2: meanwhile, he, he tries to, to chase the woman back and like kind of follows her back to his house and he's wandering through and like, you know, there, there's this whole like hide and seek game where like he hears a noise in a room and like goes to, you know, goes to investigate, he gets smacked with the, the table, WWF style. Uh, and mm-hmm, then like mm-hmm. he sees an open window and he follows out the window and sees a ladder starts to climb down it, which it's very much taking the long way. Like if someone has, has gone downstairs, then just run back you know, like immediately down the stairs that you were just on. But, uh, you know, then he, you know, he hears a noise from, from elsewhere and goes to follow it and finally like tracks them down to the roof and he sees red and he sees a, a pair of sneakers. So he thinks it's the, the woman with her red sneakers and red pants or with her Converse sneakers and her red pants. And like, he grabs her leg and he's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, this is my house, and I saw you earlier, and I'm sorry. Please just don't call anyone. Like, he's just freaking out, and, like, he pulls a little too hard, and uh, the roofing tiles uh, slip, They're the, the old, like, ceramic, like, Spanish tiles. They slip, and she falls, and he looks down and sees... Uh, the body of what he believes to be his his wife, Clara, because he's wearing her red coat that we saw her, her leave red, earlier yep. in uh, to go you know, get food. And her neck is like horribly twisted around. He's like, oh, my God, what have I done? And so he <laughs> kind of like stumbles back to the scientist. He's like, I've got to go back one more time. And the scientist is like, oh, no, I mean, the machine, it doesn't, it doesn't it, he's got to recharge. It needs time. It's out, of, it's out of juice, out of you know, the, the liquid. I got to get more liquid. Like, you just can't do it. And he's like, sorry, mm, buddy. I don't believe you. I see yeah. something missing here. All right, he caught me. It's a battery. I took out a battery. I'm like, "You, but you can't go back again. You just can't. You you don't understand. He's like, I have to. I must. And, no, Hector, or not Hector, uh, the the scientist tries to explain to him again, like, you don't, like, you'll you'll mess everything up. There was, there was a third one of you who called me earlier in the day from the walkie-talkie and was like, we couldn't fix anything. Which and,
0: Hector 2 actually kind of beats this information out of him with a crowbar. Yeah, I mean, not violently. It's, he's just like smacking just like him on slices. the arm and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like
2: Yoda with his stick. Just <clears throat> <Yep.
0: clears throat> and he's like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but he's like. You know, know, another you called me earlier from the the walkie and was like, you know, we couldn't fix anything and, like, everyone's going to find out what we've done here. And Hector's like, oh, you mean this walkie? And he throws it on the ground. Like, that's going to solve everything. Uh, right. and, and like basically, strong arms the, the scientists into letting him go back one more time because uh, the the scientists even says it's very much like uh, Primer, uh, where like you know the the machine was only turned on about thirty to forty seconds before you came out the first time. You can't come back into the machine before it was turned on, so like you've only got the, this window anyway, and like he, we learned that a version of Hector did do that so there's Hector three now uh, like yep. he came back and hid like he told him like you need to act surprised when Hector 2 comes out of the, the vat and like pretend he's the, the first one and you don't know and like you know guide him on the, this path to, to get him started so we we find out that he actually did go back one more time as he's about to do and starts uh, all of this in motion.
0: Yeah, so uh, we learned that Hector um, Hector 3 is the one who uh, crashes into Hector 2 mm-hmm. um, with the car. Uh, we learned that Hector 3 is the person who hits Hector 2 with the table in the house. Yep. Um, and he actually runs into uh, Clara in the woods, um, but this time without his bandages and, uh, you know, he's like, help, this guy with the bandage is chasing me. Like, you know, what do we do? And she's like, oh, I'll help you. And they end up wandering back to his house. And he's like, no, we shouldn't go in this house. <laughs> Instead of just being like, this is my house. Like, we'll be safe here. Um, but we learned that he has, actually has a completely different plan. So his plan is, yeah.
2: Yeah, so he, the, he's... Brought the, the woman uh, back to his house and he, he tells her, you know, there's a, you know, there's an attic. Go hide. He, he puts uh, Clara's red coat on her and he cuts her hair short. He's like, you have to hide. You have to disguise yourself so they can't find you. And then he actually does run into the real Clara who's like, oh my God, what happened to you? Because, you know, his face is all fucked and he's bleeding everywhere. And he's like, don't worry. We just need you to hide in this shed. And, like, don't don't say or do anything. Just trust me. I'll be back for you. Uh, and so we realize now that he, like, he sent uh, the woman uh, to to hide, uh, looking like Clara, so that when the uh, Hector 2 drags her off the roof accidentally and she dies, he'll think that uh, it was Clara, which he felt like he thought he accidentally killed his wife, which he thought he meant he had to go back and, and fix that. Uh, ah, yeah. only to learn that, like, his wife is actually alive, so happy ending there. Oh, wait, there's still a dead woman in their There's lawn.
0: still a dead, <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's, this is his, his final thing, as I mentioned earlier, is that he finally, they go and they sit, he sits her down uh, in the, in the seats, like, in the lawn, because, because at this point, we do know that the cops are coming, um, because Clara has said, like, I've called the cops, there's somebody in the house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Okay. And at one scene earlier, we had we had heard and seen cops. And this was one of another triggers of Hector Two to try to go back to to become Hector Three. Mm-hmm. Um, so excuse me. And so, you know, at this point, you know, he's just like, No, let's just sit here, let the cops come. Like he is beat to fuck, too, yeah. by the way. Like his face is all bruised, he's all dirty, he's bleed everywhere. It is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and then uh credits roll and that is that is the end of our movie. Which
2: I love there's obviously a little bit of like convolutedness every single time you deal with the, with time travel there's not really any way around that because time just right. gets weird. Uh but this loop was not difficult to follow at all. And like, as you said, it, it, it's it's easy to figure out the the quote-unquote twist early on um, because I don't think you're meant not to. I don't think it's meant to be a surprise. I think the, the the journey is in like watching this loop play out and like really seeing how each little Easter egg along the way plays out. Like when he – you know, drives by the the knocked over dumpster and sees the bike leaning against it. And he later sees the woman with her bike and he's like, oh, I got to do that. And then, you know, later on, he's driving the truck and he hits the dumpster and that's where it ends up getting knocked over. Like all these little things that like just the, the puzzle comes complete with each loop around that it's masterfully done.
0: It is. Yeah. I, you know, and that's, again, I don't think you know, as, as you just said, and I said earlier, I don't think the 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 movie is meant to be as a plot twist. Whereas predestination, learning who uh, the the uh, uh, the motherless woman is, mm-hmm. um, learning who she is is the plot twist. Learning that Ethan Hawke and uh, Sarah Snook are the same person that is the plot twist. Like in learning about the baby and the whole spiel, that's that's like the the reveal of this film, like this, Time Crimes isn't going for that sort of twist. It's going for a, here's a cool time travel loop. Here's how everything's set in motion. Like, it's kind of like watching a Rube's Goldberg machine and then going back through and being like, okay, now step by step, let's explain how we set this plan in motion. Like, how did we set up each thing? Which was really cool. I thought it was a very cool way to approach time travel. You know, as you said, you know, time travel can get complicated, but this one made it really simple. By not overcomplicating the rules. Yes, yeah. Just um, keep
2: it super straightforward. Don't try to like, don't try to really explain the rules. Don't, don't even try to get too deep into the science because it's made up anyway. Yeah. Uh, and like, just let the story play out and make sure that make sure the you know every Chekhov's insert whatever object pays off. Make sure every yeah. like loop is is tidied up. That every Every little thing makes sense, you know, the sound of thunder at one point, the police sirens, every little visual cue that we see, it all works really well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great. And again, I I would have to say my only only thing is that it is very frustrating to watch Hector consistently do the wrong thing against (laughs) better judgment, like logical, (laughs) common sense judgment throughout the majority of the movie that is that was the most frustrating thing to be like dude like you're not even fucking thinking about this like it's just this weird selfish arrogance to him that like is so frustrating
2: it's it's frustrating and it's annoying and yet it even more so because he's doing the exact right thing to make the story happen the way that it needs to right but it's like (laughs) none of this is what you should be doing none of this is the, the, the decisions of any like rational person (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah well this so this comes back to like my thing about it it's it works out, but it comes back to my thing about the tomorrow tomorrow war mm-hmm. is that instead of going back in time and preventing the tragedy of the future, you yep. go back in time and try to fix the future instead of going back to prevent the future. It's reactive instead of proactive. yeah and he is reactive this whole movie Hector is reactive instead of proactive but you know as you mentioned, it works because that is the the character that Hector is and it does all resolve in one way shape or form, but it's still just frustrating to watch yes uh, So that being said, should you watch this movie? Um, hundred yeah. percent I think this is a really really good movie. I really really enjoyed this film. Uh, I I expected not great. Um, I didn't expect bad, per se. I expected not great, and I expected weird. And what we got was a really good thriller time travel film.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say again, like, I I did expect bad. I genuinely thought, like, this is going to be trash. And even with uh, Nacho Vigalondo's name attached to it and how much I love Colossal, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, even good writers and directors release bad movies, and a lot of times that's not their fault. It's just what they have to work with whatnot. But, like this was not the case. Like it was, um, I, like, I actually kind of appreciated the the fake out of it being so like low budget looking. Uh, and also I think in a, in a lot of ways that like not trying to, to put too much into like making it like super polished, like visually and like sound and everything just kind of helped make the story feel simpler and more authentic and let the, uh, let the, the crew focus on, all of those little things that I said, like, had to pay off and they all do. Uh, yeah. And that just shows like, that's masterful writing and direction because you've included all of these things and you have to remember that they're all there. And like, you know, that we, we haven't talked about continuity in a long time, uh, but they do a fantastic job of continuity. Um, I guess if, if I've got any weird little nits, it's that there are so many times when hector is interacting himself especially with himself I should say especially out in the woods where he's skulking about making a shit ton of noise and the other one like doesn't hear him at all <laughs> like yeah. when he when he sneaks up on himself and stabs himself with the the scissors like the other one should have heard him, heard him coming at least 20 feet away
0: oh 100% yeah um, I'm trying to see who uh, the script supervisor was uh, for this film because they did a, a fantastic job. Script yeah. continuity department. So Ayator Basterexia um, is a uh, script supervisor um, who uh, has done a few films um, uh, all, all Spanish language films, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a fantastic job. So this is something that I definitely i I look out for in time travel films um, or films that that uh, rely on the importance of continuity. Um, and there were I looked for things like, how much blood is on his shirt? You know, in one scene to the next, like mm-hmm. where is the cut on his forehead? Like, when does he use the bandages? When does he drop the bandages? Like, what about the walkie-talkie? Like, did he leave it? And honestly, there were no uh, real glaring mistakes to me. Not to the point where I was like, "Oh, that's they they fucked up." This is a thing. Um, there, it was it was uh, uh, surprisingly uh, solid. Um, now there is a couple of things. Um, uh, that are pointed out. So one of them is uh, somebody on IMDb points out that uh, when the scientist is explaining time travel to Hector, he grabs the coffee from the machine. When he does so, a hatch opens and you can clearly see a background or mirror of crew members and equipment. That to me is not a continuity error. That's just a that. Um, And then when the scientist is explaining the time travel to Hector, he draws a Z shape with arrow and the two X's on the back of the calendar. Um, And then the drawing changes between cuts. But that... Is also that's not necessarily a uh, the X's appear in one scene and then don't and then again. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but that to me is it, that's a that's a common mistake to me that doesn't technically affect the continuity of things like you know if a thing falls and we see it clearly fall on his left side but then it's it's not there you know like it's something bigger it doesn't affect the plot those are just like mistakes in in filmmaking not to the point of that
2: if he'd drawn it like a sine wave and then like we know we saw it earlier and it was like a vertical uh like you said kind of z-shaped that would have been because you know we would have known like he's already seen this so it can't look like that um, yeah. Although, you, and there you was mentioned, no
0: continuity things that like he where he mentions where he says a thing that he shouldn't know or yeah. says a thing that he should know because of a thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned when Hector gets, I know Hector the then uh, the scientist gets the, the cup of coffee out of the machine. Uh, it did bother me a little bit that it looked like it was a little like plastic Dixie cup, and if this was a hot copy, that would not have worked.
0: No, that that would have not went well. Yeah. <laughs> love to go through it. Um, yeah, so time crimes uh, another Nacho Vigolando uh, film. this is a Spanish language film again available on 2B TV for free, no sign up uh, required uh, or on Amazon Prime uh, and other places if you are uh, down to watch, but we highly recommend it. Yeah uh, and thus ends our official time travel month. Um, however, uh, due to popular demand and requests, uh, we will be spilling into August with a few other, uh, time travel films, which yeah. we will, uh, announce on the website, uh, probably well, by now, they'll probably be on the website in the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, because by the time you listen to this, for those of you watching on Twitch, they'll be on the website in like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we got some time. But for those of you listening, cause it is now, uh, the last week of July, at some point this week, you will get a, uh, a calendar with all of the films that we'll be doing this month. It's going to be pretty fun.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We, we had some really interesting uh, sounding requests that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to checking out. And uh, again, we, we said this earlier, but if, if you've got any, like keep them coming and we'll keep watching and talking about them.
0: Yeah, so, you know, as mentioned earlier, you can uh, uh, hit us up via our contact form on our website uh, or, you know, if you're in the heat of the moment and you're, you know, uh, flouncing around uh, uh, social media, of course, you can tag us at The Nahoit Podcast. That's The N-H-O-I-T Podcast over on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Tag us in a trailer, tweet at us, a, you know, a link to a trailer or something like that and be like, hey, this is a movie we think, you know, I think you, you should cover and we will add it to the list. Yeah. Um, You know, again, as mentioned, the only criteria is uh, a film that you know maybe didn't have major success, a film that not a lot of people know of that should, whether it's good or bad, uh, and is available to be watched somewhere wh- you know whether it's whether we have to rent it or uh, stream it on one of the streaming services or something like that. It just we have to be able to watch the movie somewhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's it. So, uh, thanks a lot for joining us for this episode. We super appreciate it. Uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, stick around. We're gonna hang out for a little bit longer and chat a little bit. Um, but other than that, uh, we will see you next episode. Yeah.